Um, yeah, the first thing I did when I got home, lie down on my bed, roll a joint, smoke the joint, turn on Always Sunny, non-stop, order burrito bowl a few hours later, get halfway through it, pass out. The perfect day. Why did the burrito bowl take a couple hours? Uh, I had had food. Uh, I stopped, I stopped for food on the way. Uh, Oh, gotcha. So you took a couple hours. It wasn't like the burrito bowl took a couple hours. Yes. that This is an excellent clarification and one that I am glad you have encouraged me to make. It would have been a rapid fire question. That um, shit. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Big One Podcast. Would you look who it is? It's me, new guy. I'm back from South Africa and better than ever. And look at these two uh, handsome young gentlemen who have decided to join us today. We got B-Boy and we got Baby G. Say hi, fellas. Hey, hey. Hello. Look at that. I mean, coming in here, I'm subverting your chances to play with the timing. I mean, I'm playing at a level that no one on this podcast, presenters or listeners, have ever seen before. Thoughts? Do you want to uh, level up by telling them a little bit about our socials and what we do? Oh, they, all right. Yeah, all right. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm <laughs> overestimating. Uh, yeah. yeah, we're the big one podcast. We talk about motorsports, mostly NASCAR, but occasionally I'll slide in there with a lot of stuff about F1. Uh, you can tweet us at podcast big one. You can email us at podcast big one at gmail.com. You can, as always, email me at endless breadsticks at thank goodness it is Fridays.com. Um, this week's sponsor, this is actually interesting. During my uh, adventures to South Africa, I actually got a fantastic sponsor, Shark Explorers in Simontown, just south of Cape Town. Uh, if you're looking for a good cage diving experience, Shark Explorers, uh, they've sponsored this week's episode. Uh, they did not. They told me that if I did not make them the sponsor, I would, in fact, be chum for the sharks. So thank you to Shark Explorers for not turning me into chum. And thank you for sponsoring this week's episode. Only a short 16-hour flight away from the Midwest. So oh, yeah. hop on that $1,500 <laughs> flight and... You may get a small discount from the Big One podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell them we sent you. <laughs> you just show up and just be like, hey, I heard you didn't turn a new guy into chum. Uh-huh. Can I get a discount? <laughs> the Big One sent me. Well, you came all this way. The guys, one of the guys who was running it, his jerry curls were, I mean, the stuff of legends. It was incredible. The combination of the South African accent and those jerry curls. Ooh, baby baby as far as i'm concerned that's enough about my worldly adventures should we talk about some nascar yeah i think it's uh, i think it's about time let's jump into some race recaps uh we we're getting really bad about doing this but like uh who watched truck raise your hand i got about halfway through the truck series and then i had to roll it was a saturday afternoon race so caught the mm-hmm. first half of the race with some friends and this is so funny. I'll jump right into some commentary from the people that don't watch a whole lot of NASCAR. You know, we're obviously at Coda. Um, it's a course that was designed for Formula One, really high-speed racing, and you've got the trucks out there, so it's a really interesting dynamic. 
super inexperienced drivers out on the on the 20 turn circuit here and early on into the race a couple guys missed turns and rolled into the gravel and one of the comments was what's up with this gravel why don't why are they getting stuck in the gravel i don't think we need that and <laughs> and my comment back to them was well if you've got a formula one car and they kind of lose air or get loose do you want the drivers to die or do we want them to hit gravel and slow down and stop so mm-hmm. i thought that was quite interesting that we just want to have people dying on live TV apparently at, at Coda from the folks I was watching with. Well, I will say like they have a point when it comes to NASCAR, if that's their only frame of reference, like you really don't need the gravel. You could just have a bunch of grass there and it'll slow down in NASCAR enough, you know? So they have a point. Yeah, this is true. I mean, it, it was, so let me jump in here real quick. Their uh, new guy, but uh, yeah, it was so interesting watching these guys try to drive these trucks around this circuit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was a comedy of, air spins and I, I don't have a whole lot of notes because it was just kind of a wreck fest and mm-hmm. Zane Smith ended up bringing it home as a winner he he performed really well and he showed some of his experience out there at Coda yeah yeah nailed it um I I, I mean the only note that I really have from the truck race to your point they didn't do a good job they were in in a lot of different cautions <clears throat> but the biggest thing that I had was that Zane Smith did outduel Kyle Busch um, and that's pretty great. Um, and, and, you know, Kyle driving for his own team there. Uh, Xfinity Kyle kind of maybe has an excuse. Uh, college racing cars are really good, but they're not quite as dominant as, like, when he was going and driving JGR cars. Um, but, you know, Kyle in his own equipment is hard to beat, especially in trucks. And Zane Smith gets it done for Front Row Motorsports. So he's a, he's a Ford driver on the up and up. Um, definitely looking to potentially make moves. Love it. All right, well, uh, I can jump in and do Xfinity. Please do, because I did not yeah. see that either. Yes, nailed it. Um, yeah, this one, you know, for me, both truck and Xfinity were definitely like um, half and half watching basketball and watching these. But, um, yeah, stage one winner, A.J. Allmendinger. Uh, nice try on the respell. You still got it wrong. Uh, number uh, Stage two winner was Sheldon Creed. And the race winner was A.J. Allmendinger, which is honestly not surprising. We're at a road course and it's Xfinity. A.J. Allmendinger wins. Like that's just what he does. He was the odds on, <laughs> odds on favorite for sure. Um, in fact, my little brother asked me who should I bet on, and I was just like AJ. If anyone else is the wrong answer, and sure enough, AJ goes out there and gets it done. He did that's have to drive through the crowd quite a few times to get there, but gets it done, wins the race. The little bit I saw in the race recaps and and part of the race, it looked like some really good battles through the S's, which was good to see. Um, you know, a lot of little side-by-side through the S's, which is always fun um, when you get in these road courses. But Xfinity overall just continues to deliver. Um, another pretty good solid race from the race recap, it looked like. And um, like you said, the dinger just dominates on the road. Yeah, yeah. This it was a better race than the truck race for sure. Um, and, and what is nice is the cars, again, slightly skinnier tires than the cup cars have. Um, they do slide around a good bit, but they were still – too wide through the S's in a number of ways. Guys are really having to force the envelope. You know, you can you can get into the S's here completely side by side, and someone has to give a little bit more than the other guy. And they were not giving very much. There was it was it was pretty spectable or, or pretty respectable type of racing. All right, new guy, bring us home. What happened in Cup? Well, uh, exciting racing, if I do say so myself. Huge wreck fest, but we'll get to that in a second. Uh, we had William Byron winning stage one, Tyler Reddick winning stage two, and then Tyler Reddick taking it home with the win. 
Um, my boy. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like most of that race, it was Tyler and uh, and Byron just sort of duking mm-hmm. it out out front. Uh, they they were at least always close to the front, um, aside from you know when pit strategies and, and timings and whatnot would lead to them falling further behind. But yeah, it was pretty obvious the whole race that those were the two fastest cars. Those were the guys to beat. A little bit of teasing from Trackhouse uh, that they might be able to come out and steal it. But um, let's dive into some details about the race. So we had uh, Formula One, uh, the team Haas, the team principal for Formula One, Gunter Steiner, was in the booth. And I really liked him in the booth. I, I'm curious y'all's thoughts on him. As a Formula One fan, uh, Gunter Steiner is just a meme factory. Mm-hmm. And like he is just a foul-mouthed guy who just says whatever he wants. And seeing everyone call him Gunther, seeing people throw to him, <laughs> asking what he thought people should do, and him being like, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't do this sport. And then him like visually laughing at, NASCAR's advertising shticks. It was just mm-hmm. uh, too good to be true. Yeah. What, what do you think, Baby G? Because I think you're the only one that doesn't have like exposure to who he is before. I liked it. A little bit of a different call, a little bit of a different flavor to the broadcast than we typically get. Um, he he kind of got a little quiet near the end of the race just because it mm-hmm. was like, I think he was like, what are we doing with this? We'll, we'll get there in a minute. But it was kind of like, what's going on with the end of this race? But uh first half of the race first two-thirds really liked what he brought to the table yeah he was he was definitely like they could have let him go and like eat snacks and take a nap and then come back and like say a couple things like chase ellie got the phone in from colorado like he could have done the same thing um they it's just four people in the booth it's it's hard to get the one guy that's only there just to maybe make some f1 comparisons to to really really weigh in but I, i the funniest thing, and I, I made a couple notes on this, was like two or three times he got to actually like compare to F1 and be like, oh, the strategy in F1 is like this, and then here I get that it's like this. And the rest of the time they were like Mike Joy or someone would just be like, do you know how this works? How about you explain it to us? And they were like, he's like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess the guy tries to pit early and maybe that makes him faster for a couple laps. And they're like, you nailed it. Good job. Now back to the dungeon with you. <laughs> And then I'll move on to Kurt Busch talking about something cool. Uh, so, but good segue into what did y'all think about Kurt Busch? Oh, fantastic! I thought I really liked. He had uh, insightful things to chime in with, um, and he sounds just very, very genuine in that seat. So I hope we yeah. see more of him. He's a natural. Um, Brett brought a lot of really interesting commentary, really emotional stuff too, which which was which was awesome. Um, really, really, really big fan. It was it was uh, it was an emotional moment for me, uh, for sure, because I I like Kurt Busch so much. I liked him in the forty five. I like Tyler Reddick. Tyler Reddick goes to the forty five, and then Kurt Busch is getting choked up about not being in the forty five, but happy that Tyler's there, and it was just a big moment. Um, yeah, I think he's awesome. I mean, he he had been doing a lot of those like Xfinity calls when they have the the drivers in the booth and everything, so it's no surprise that he has got a bit of an experience there. Um, he's way better than fucking Clint Boyer. Um, you know, I wish they uh, wish they could have him in there. Him and Kevin Harvick might make a really good pair. Yeah, but uh, the Kurt Bush deserves a would be drastically improved by replacing Boyer with Bush. Agreed. Um, but I also would really like to just see Kurt Bush get back out there in a race car. Yeah, so. that'd be pretty sick as well. Hopefully that happens soon. 
Um, before we drive into some specifics on the events of the race, I did just want to call out that Kimi Raikkonen has the coolest comic book driver depiction. Uh, he's wearing aviators. He's got the most no expression look mm-hmm. on his face, and it's just, he's so cool. The only thing that I can think about why they did this for him, because like nobody else is wearing a hat in there, is nothing, is that they were like, Iceman, Top Gun. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the only reasonable explanation for it. But, yeah, it looks great. That's a good call out. Uh, We'll we'll tweet this picture out. So, if you're not following us yet, uh, do so. Or else you'll miss out on some of the finest content we have to offer. Yep. Yes, yes. Um, So, Uh, lap one, we started off with a huge wreck. Uh, the 7, 17, 77, and 84 getting collected. And unfortunately, this led to old uh, Jim Jam Jimmy Johnson getting knocked out of the race, which was a, mm-hmm. a shame to see. But, you know, professional Jim Jam uh, in the interview after he got knocked out was like, that's racing. And, you know, you could tell that he's disappointed, but also has just been in that situation so many times that you, know, you can only be so upset about it. I got a good chuckle out of this one because Mike Joy, right when the race starts, he goes, this race could go green for the entire duration because, you know, you've got no stage breaks that the road course is on and it's bam, immediately there's a caution. I'm like, boy, Mike, way to jinx us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's just, I mean, that's true in every single sport. The pro- broadcaster jinx is, is prevalent. So I'm cool. writing uh, down. I just I just thought of my second rapid fire question. A little did, peek behind too, the curtain for everyone. <laughs> we are not prepared, okay? <laughs> we just get in here and wing it, and it sends the workout. Speaking of winging it, uh, Bubba seemed to wing it into I forget what turn that was, but in lap 11, kind of just went flying on in there. I I definitely texted uh, Baby G and was just like, I think he just forgot the brake. Um, I remember Larson at some place last year did the same thing and took out i think it was the 42 was a ty dillon i think maybe last year um but yeah went flying in there <clears throat> and took out and took out uh, uh another driver himself and so it was kind of ironic that he was the one that kind of got taken out in this um bubba had enough damage that his day was done um he seemed to say something in the post race that almost alluded to the fact that like maybe there was a mechanical issue but then he also said Six years in cup and two rookie mistakes two weeks in a row. Uh, I need to be replaced. Uh, so, pretty harsh. He's definitely his harshest critic. Or no, actually, he's definitely not, and that's a shame. But yeah. um, he tries to be, and uh, and it's it's a shame to see. I mean, everyone makes these types of mistakes. The the literal reigning champion last year made the mistake, the same mistake. So you know, shit happens. Yeah, you gotta move on. It makes me sad to see sad Bubba. Yeah, too. Yeah. I agree. Um, a side I, note I on this, it's crazy the way that Larson got T-boned and then he was able to continue the rest of this race. I love how robust these cars are. True, but he did uh, – I forget, was it from that or was it from when he got spun uh, uh, by Denny that he did break a toe link oh. um, at some point? I, I don't remember if it was then or maybe it was even way later in the race. I think it was way later in the race. The toe links are still a little weak. Um, but otherwise, yeah, the, the car itself can definitely hold up to a lot of beating and banging, which is great. Um, 
Let's see. We had some more spinning. Lap 19. The 12 car spins Keselowski. And then uh, Larson spins the 12. Just spins all over the place. That's, that's all we're doing. Basically at the carnival out there at Spin City, catching rides all over the place at this track. Yeah. It, it just, I mean, a lot of it is guys really going for dive bombs. Yeah. When this track, you don't even really have to. You can get such good runs coming off of corners that straightaway speed. Um, especially for a car like Larson, uh, any of the Hendrick cars seem to have such great spe- uh, straightaway speed. Um, it just didn't really make sense that you would need to do that. The only thing that I could think is that guys were just under braking, trying every corner, and then sometimes missed it. And that that's the only reasoning that I can think of. The 5 under the 12, he shot under two cars, wasn't going to make the corner, like needed the other two cars to be out of the way, and he was going to overshoot the exit. And, and so... Spinning the 12 there is literally a five missed the corner. So, yeah, uh, it was just happening all over. Honestly, I love to see it. Like, seeing – it's just good action at road courses. Mm -hmm. Like, seeing people really just going for it, knowing that the cars can survive it, and seeing people just really going for pushing the limit and missing the Mm -hmm. limit. You know, most of the road course racing that I see is an F1, and, like, you look at one of those cars wrong – carbon fiber is going everywhere so like <laughs> cars bumping into each other and spinning into corners i mean this is racing i i i love it what's like last week in atlanta nothing nothing hurts like a little bumping and grinding out there in the track mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, nice yeah keep it going nice um yeah okay all right so since we're at lap 19 that meant we went through a stage break and did not stop what'd y'all think loved it yeah I, I think that I especially loved it because there was a caution, like, shortly before mm-hmm. this, like, four or five laps before. So they still were able to basically have the same sort of strategy that they would have otherwise. But then they didn't have to have an additional stop. And it would have been so lame. Yes, that's the best part. The one thing I'll call out, and, and this is why I wanted to bring it up so early, was... On this one, I actually restarted, and as they came to the line on the restart, that's actually where the stage points were awarded. And so, like, you, there was no, like, really racing to the line. I don't know if NASCAR should do something about that or if that's just, like, the natural way in which it can go. Um, but that's how it finished. Um, so, curious if a, if a guy can't really jump the start, they have no chance at that point of advancing their position yeah. before they get to the stage break. But had it been a normal caution stage break anyway, they would have just extended the caution and they would have finished in that position anyway. So I guess it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, Let's see. Okay, so do y'all have anything between my notes jump from lap 19 to lap 56? No, I've got nothing because it was just a massive green flag run. So there was really wasn't a whole lot to call out. I was just enjoying them kind of move through the yeah. field, show us who's doing what. So that's a good thing on a road course, in my opinion, that you've just got good yeah. green racing and keep it moving. And it was starting to develop into a mileage race as well. Yeah. The biggest thing to call out here is the fact that it, exactly it was turning into a mileage race. And there were some teams, a small subset of teams that were on kind of like the four run uh, strategy and some teams that were on the three run strategy. And uh, Byron was on the three run strategy and was, was leading for a lot longer of this green flag run because of that. But Tyler Reddick had been on the four-stop strategy, and basically before the final couple cautions came out, he had caught almost all the way back up to Byron and still had one stop left, and Byron still had one stop left, and Reddick had way better tires. Like, had this thing ran green to the end, uh, Reddick might have won by 20-plus 
30, 40 seconds, like like F1 type of times. Um, that's how far ahead he was. Yeah. Um, it was, You know, one thing that was really interesting was uh, hearing Alex Bowman's team radio, and they played on the broadcast, like, audio of his crew saying, hey, you need to lift 100 feet earlier on turn one. Like, basically giving specific turns where he needed to be lifting earlier in order to conserve mm-hmm. enough fuel to make it to the end. So hearing yeah. that level of detail was very, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I, the guy the guys definitely probably work on it with some of the, uh, uh, like, e-racing or i-racing I drivers, e-racing drivers, um, to figure that out, you know, to figure out where they can actually lift and not lose time, essentially, like, simulate as much as they can. Yeah. And then, you know put that strategy into place once you get to sunday so um the one the one other thing i'll call out about the interesting like multiple strategies that was going on was the booth i overall i thought the fox broadcast this week was the best it's been all year but the booth clearly had no clue how to track what was going on strategy wise like they they kept saying that the four stop people were so far behind but they weren't they were actually ahead um i'll give them a break they've not had to do this in a while they've always had stage breaks so like maybe they're just out of practice, but they had no clue what was going on when it came to the actual like strategies. Yeah, I feel like there's got to be a way for like graphics to exist that could help make it more understandable, both for those yeah. in the booth and for spectators at home. I mean, in, in F one, they tend to do that, right? They tend, I, I guess, I guess maybe they don't like display it so much as they like at least the commentators are aware. Okay, if they come down pit lane and have a normal pit stop they'll come out 51 seconds behind and that's going to put yeah. them here, like in front of this guy, right behind this guy. And like, I feel like that's easy enough to kind of simulate out. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't know why they don't. Um, Maybe they will. So lap 56 is when things start kicking off again. We start off with the fun little bit of brewing drama at Trackhouse, where mm-hmm. Suarez uh, shoves Chastain at one of the corners to like move him up a groove and slides underneath him and uh, takes the position away from Chastain. And camera's following them for a little while, but before that lap even finishes, it pans over to the six car who has been running into issues and is in the grass. Do we know what the issue the six car ran into was? No. Yeah. It just seemed like some sort of engine failure, just some sort of technical failure. Mm -hmm. Um, but that caused a caution, which allowed people to refuel and sort of nullified the mileage race. At the pit stops, Suarez's crew had some minor issues, and he dropped down two places. Chastain's crew, they dropped the jack before the right wheel's nut was fully tightened. And, I mean, it dropped him down like 10 or 15 places, um, which was a damn shame. So then we come to the restart. Bell, Bush, Hamlin, Raikkonen have all stayed out, and so those are the top four at the restart. Uh, turn one at the restart is, of course, incredibly messy. I, I think, like, almost every single restart, cars were spinning in turn one, which is awesome. Uh, but Chastain's car ends up getting broken. I think the tow link gets broken. Uh, no, he doesn't break a tow link, but he did have an issue, and, and, and uh, I forget if he got spun or he just got knocked out of the groove or what happened, but he... Basically went to the back, right, at that point. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he does come back later on. Spoilers. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, I, the, I mean, the best thing about that 
that turn one and first lap was that the 45 was in fifth spot on the inside, shot way down to the bottom, was able to make it stick, didn't run guys wide or anything, and still came out with the lead. Um, you know, there's a bit of like a new tire advantage there, but his car was just that much better. Yeah. And basically the story of the rest of the race is Byron versus Reddick. Um, there are, it was either three or four more green, white checkers because of, uh, wrecks and debris on the track. Uh, I did put in here, uh, I did write this note specifically, like in my mind, I was thinking of you baby G while I was writing this. Uh, what there's debris caution with four to go. And in my mind, I was like, oh boy, really creative NASCAR. And then the camera panned over to like a wheel that was disintegrating. And then I added on, oh yeah. And by really creative, I mean, actually the three cars tire went down and spilled the uh, rubber all over the track. So yeah, really yeah. creative. But, I, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I just want to say one real quick, because at this point I, I we've switched out basketball for this because uh, my driver's winning and we, I want to see him win. And so we've got it on the big TV. My little brother doesn't watch a lot of NASCAR, but he's been around the sport his whole life. So he has a good idea of what's going on. But he's just like, they're at a huge track, right? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, why don't they have fucking people run out there and grab the debris in the several minutes it will take for them to come back to that point in the track and then keep going? And I was like, Brad, that's too intelligent. Like, like they probably do that in F1 or something. They don't do that in NASCAR. <laughs> um, you know, it's, I, it's it's true. And I get that, like, NASCAR has very strict rules about anyone being on the track during a green flag. But, like, fucking A, man. Some of that stuff was so tiny. Yeah. And, I, I granted, I was I was mad because I just wanted to see Reddick get the white flag, you know? Yeah. So. yeah it was very frustrating to see. It, I mean, it dragged out so long. But it also, mm-hmm. like, gave such an opportunity for Reddick to just assert his dominance. Oh, yeah. And just, just every single it. restart. I mean, just kept that lead, held on to it with an iron fist. Speaking of being assertive, Ross Chastain in those, it, it was basically four cautions that happened from once they hit five to go. There were four more cautions. There were three green-white checkers. I don't remember if the first one was a green-white checker or not. But um, Ross went from last, basically last on the lead lap, pretty close to last. And ended up finishing like fifth or sixth or something, some bullshit. But he did it by basically sending it into every turn one on every restart and not giving a flying fuck who he hit. Just destroying um, other people's cars. Just destroying other guys. What I, what I noticed too was that a lot of guys didn't like, they didn't throw it in there in the bottom. Like Joey Logano did it on one restart, and a couple guys did do that. But like, it wasn't like he threw it in the bottom and then like hoped guys would turn over you and and, and spin themselves on your front. Guys literally, like, got behind someone, locked their nose into their bumper, and shoved them and used them as a braking wheel and basically shoved them into other cars and then turned left as soon as they got slowed down enough. That was insane. I've never seen that much disrespect for someone in front of you and just being like, I'm ruining your race, but I'm going to go way ahead here. It was basically a demolition derby on those three four green white checkers whatever it was it was quite frankly kind of embarrassing like get in there get through turn turn one and then race your car like you don't need to just send it in there and destroy a couple other cars and like oh shit we're going overtime again here we go like for me it was by the time it was the third or fourth one i'm like jesus christ like reddick better win this race or this is just a complete joke on nascar (laughs) yeah They've had plenty of these, especially at road courses, where they end up in green-white checkered battles like this, and the guy that was leading the whole time doesn't win. 
right? They get sent off in the first corner or whatever. Larson did it to Elliott last year at one uh, some track. Um, it just happens. And so I just kept expecting that to happen until the white flag came. I celebrated more for the white flag than I did for the checkered because at that point it was it was yeah. a victory lap, you know? Thank so. God we're finally here. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think it. I think I saw two clips off of Denny's podcast. I haven't listened to the whole thing yet, but one he he goes through those final accidents and basically blames the people that wrecked a bunch of people, which I think is great and should be calling them out. And then two, um, he did something where he was talking about like he someone someone figured out how long it took to basically run all the green white checkers, and it was like fifty eight minutes. Um, Absurd. So like the whole rest of the race was like a normal length. And then we took an hour to run the last two laps, which is insane. Yeah, got got one or two more things here before we take us out of Coda and get into storylines. One of the things that the NASCAR broadcast or the Fox broadcast bought in was some spotter chatter. I know we texted about mm-hmm. this a little bit. One B boy, like they were literally just replaying the audio of some of the spotters. I don't remember exactly what they were talking about, but I was immediately like, this is amazing. Can I pay for this right now to be able to listen to spotter chatter? And guess what? You could, up until this year, they got rid of the the race pass thing on NASCAR.com that you could do that. Um, I think, New Guy, you had that at one point. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, that was that was fun. That was fun to see during the race. And then one really interesting thing was Almond Nigger's radio stopped working at one point. So they literally mm-hmm. showed them like doing painters tape or, or some kind of tape on his uh, sign placard that they hold up. With the one side said "too short," and the other side said "stay out" because they had no other way to communicate with him. So they yeah. were just gonna mm-hmm. raise it and be like, "Hey, bro, stay out," or "You're too short." Um, mm-hmm. So that was awesome. That's wild. I mean, it ended up not mattering, right? We got yeah. the questions anyway, and they all came in. But, but I mean, losing radio broadcast is really tough. It may be even – I mean, the two toughest places that it can possibly happen at are super speedways and probably road courses um, just because there's so much coordination that needs to happen. There's a lot of time where, sure, the guy can just go out there and stay up on the wheel and do his own thing, and he's not in, like, three wide battles for the most part. But to go into one of those restarts and then, like, have no radio chatter is really tough. And then also to know when the fuck should I pit is really, really, really tough without a radio. So, Yeah, that was interesting for sure. And then last thing for me from this one, unless you guys got anything else, is on the cool down lap, Suarez just goes absolutely crazy. Um, I saw this on YouTube, and he's just going like 40, 50 miles an hour faster than any other car. And when they get to the pits like where they've got the nascar official like telling them slow down we're gonna we're gonna park the cars here whatever he just drills chastain and hits bowman like he just hits both cars coming into the pits and that could have gone seriously wrong if he bumps someone and they end up hitting someone on pit road so out of that nascar one of our storylines for this week is suarez with a fifty thousand dollar fine for running into competitors on pit road post race but no points penalty absolutely insane like what was this guy thinking number one it's your teammate number two just reckless yeah there's i like i think that penalty is way too little for what he did they just gave denny hamlin a bigger penalty or the same uh fine but a points penalty for just saying that he wrecked the driver under green which affected nobody else this guy went to run down two cars amongst crewmen and officials out on the track, which if NASCAR, if you don't care this much about your 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 track members' lives, run some of them out there on the track to pick up that fucking debris. 
All right. Nice. Clearly, this needs Get to be him. a points penalty. I think. I honestly, afterwards, I was just like, I think he should sit out a race. Yeah, I think, that was I think agree. That yeah. was absolutely wild. Yeah, yeah. You can't be doing that, like nope. especially not in pit road. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they should have sent a really big message yeah. right there and just and just done it. But they they're just way too all over the place. I don't blame them for having no clue what the hell they're doing in terms of penalties and fines. Speaking of fines and penalties, uh, Hendrick, points penalties have been rescinded. Um, that's the hundred points that they got for for um, obviously the the uh, what what would you call them at this point edited uh, louves uh, uh, like I I don't know if they were actually edited or not they didn't actually say anything but they got rid of the hundred points and the ten playoff points which brings uh, Bowman now to be the series leader Byron is third and Larson is ninth in points um, Chase Elliott was unaffected by the points but the owner points for the nine car were also restored. Um, so I don't know where that lands him in owner's points, but probably somewhere around like 15, 16. So. Weird. But, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know how I I've feel about to it. Stop I'm just like trying to understand NASCAR's decision-making around penalties. Well, just, yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. And also the fact that they kept the fine and the suspensions, like, did they break the rules or didn't they? Exactly. I don't, I don't understand it. it. Yeah. What? Yeah. Hey man, they're driving cars 200 miles an hour. This, none of this makes sense anyway. So, yeah. uh, the one guy that's not driving cars 200 miles an hour, Josh Williams, Mister Parking It. Uh, he's got a new primary sponsor, Parking Guidance System. So right on point there. Um, and he also got a playoff waiver. So the reason for the waiver is uh, drivers in truck have to attempt to qualify for every race to remain playoff eligible. And uh, since he was parked. Literally, um, for a week, he wasn't able to attempt to qualify, but they're going to give him a waiver, so he's still eligible for the playoffs. Now, one one thing I have to say on this is, like, why do they have to issue a playoff waiver when they're the ones that put the person out? It's not like he chose to sit out Coda. Like, you, if you give a penalty, you shouldn't have to then also grant a playoff waiver. Right. It's like he missed a race because it was penalized, like, yeah, just throw it out. Who cares? He, yeah. he qualifies, qualifies for the race. Yeah, of the penalties. Oh, I continue sense. to be puzzled. When are we taking over NASCAR? This is getting. Let's go Hopefully leverage soon. buyout. Start raising funds. Do it. Get get your Hopefully shark soon. company. To we gotta start getting out. some good sponsors, man. I mean, no, if it's the Shark Explorers in uh, Simontown, <laughs> South Africa, but we really gotta step up our damn sponsor game, brother. That's true. That's true. Well, what else? What else has happened in storylines? Why Texas Motor Speedway? So this one came out today. So Celebration Pit Road, we're no longer going to be seeing the double six shooters. Uh, just a decision by Texas Motor Speedway mm. to put that away. Um, we're still going to see the cowboy hat, flames, and confetti, along with the redesigned winners trophy, but no six shooters. What do you guys think? Um, Y'all, are, I'm getting so mad. <laughs> that's un-American. Like, and listen. I'm about as quick to shit on the country and abstain from any sort of patriotism as possible, but I'm here for some rootin' tootin' six shootin', you know what I mean, man? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give yeah. me them quick on the trigger tooter six shooters. Uh, no, I, I, it just, of all the things, so first off, I hadn't read this news, I didn't read it in your notes until you were starting to say it, and I stopped reading it and I just listened to what you said, and you go... They decided to retire a well-known, and I'm like, oh, they have a lot of things they should retire. And of the things they could have retired, they chose probably the worst. Like, what are you doing? You thought uh, I was going to say the track, didn't you? Yeah. 
every I, I don't know anything. They could have retired I so thought, much about Texas. I thought you were going to say they the like name. decided they to retire the, the backstretch, and now they'll just go from like two directly <laughs> to three. Like I, it's just like seven bus stops on the backstretch now. <laughs> it's gonna be great. Um, just a giant, you know, in and out. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Fuck you, Texas. I mean, the state, the everything. About yeah. It. I, 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 that's my whole. That's where I was born. I, I fucking hate that. Oh, state. I didn't know that. Whoa, look at this. Um, all right, uh, let, let's see. We got Chevy has announced that last year is the that last year. Sorry, is the next final year. year of the, yeah, uh, red super weird. All right, that next year is the final year for the Camaro and NASCAR, but they haven't announced what they're replacing it with yet. Right, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, same news. All right, and uh, what's our last? What, what I hope it's a got? pickup truck. That'd be well, sick. Love it. Uh, last last little bit. We're really light on storylines this week, so we'll wrap this up. Grand Marshals for the All-Star Race. Richard Petty and Daryl Waltrip. So awesome brings some absolute legends back for the All-Star Race here. Yeah, cool. That's what it should be. And that, that and Darlington, they're kind of like throwback stuff. This one being at Wilkesboro makes sense. Um, they no, like No notification from Jimmy Johnson if he's going to run it, right? Haven't seen anything. He has a. This is apparently the last year in which he can run it as a champion, like and have a champion, whatever they call it, uh, pass to get in. So I hope he does. Wonderful. Oh, what's going on in some of the other series? F1. We're going to Australia. Oh yeah, down under, baby. Uh, and I'm going over to my friend's house on Sunday to watch it at 3 p.m. So no spoilers. Noted. Um. Yeah, I you know, Red Bull's probably gonna win again. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it just doesn't feel right to go to Australia and not have Danny Rick there. I but, know, uh, I know. I saw some news today that said he said something along the lines of that it's trending forward that he's gonna be an F one next year. I have no clue what the hell that means, but maybe that means he's got sponsorship that he's able to bring. Or yeah. Something, so. What if he replaces Checo? What if it goes back to Max and Danny Rick on Red Bull? Oh, please. That would be hilarious. Please. I really like Checo, but I mean, I would be here for that just for the memes. Well, I also think like Max doesn't like Checo because uh, Checo might actually challenge him. And oh, Max yeah. might think, oh, Danny Rick will come back and just be a good little boy teammate, yeah. you know, uh, which he won't. Storyline I'm okay with. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Form- Formula E, I, I didn't get to watch it. Um, I, I, we, we said it last podcast. It's on at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Well, that's when the fucking truck race started. Uh, and, and, and there were basketball games on, I think, right around the same time. So, yeah, I, I just didn't get to watch. Uh, definitely going to check it out, and we'll talk about it next week. Wonderful. And then uh, IndyCar racing in Texas? Yeah, we're back. We're going to Texas. Um, what I find shooter. interesting is that, like, IndyCar is going to Texas, and the trucks are going to Texas. I guess we can just jump into starting to talk about this upcoming week, but, like, we're at Richmond for Xfinity and Cup, but we're at Texas for truck. Does that make sense? It threw me for a loop because we had Richmond on the schedule to talk about, and all of a sudden I'm looking up where these races are, and we got truck <laughs> truck on Saturday at 4:30 at Texas Motor Speedway for the Speedway Cash 250, and I'm like, what am I reading? Is this right? And like, Pockrass has got like Texas 2% rain, Richmond 70 like some percent rain, and I'm like, this makes no sense, but. Yeah. Either way, 430 Eastern for trucks, 77 stage one, 45 stage two, and 45 stage three for the 250. Mm. So, yeah, so it's coming after the Xfinity race. The Xfinity race is 1 o'clock on Saturday. Toyota Care 250, 75 laps in the first two stages and 100 
to bring them home in the final stage. Um, and then Cup on Sunday, also at Richmond, 3.30 Eastern. Toyota owners 470 laps, 160 laps in stage two, and 170 to bring them home in the final stage. Um, yeah, it's a, it's interesting. I like, I guess I can't shit on it because I was saying something along the lines of like, I like when they like package races together. Like, I would love it if Cup and Xfinity were on the same day and actually, you know, had people like drive people to the track because they get a double header kind of thing. But I guess it's kind of cool to be able to be get, go to Texas and be like, I'm going to see Indy cars in the truck series. That's all right. Previous winners, 2022 Hamlin and Harvick, and 2021 Bowman and Truex. So I don't know much about Richmond. What are we looking at here? So we've got a 400 laps. What's the what's the track set up here at Richmond? It's a single mile, considered a short track. Um, it's a very similar to, I guess, kind of, well, not really like Phoenix. I don't know. It doesn't really compare to anything else, I don't think. And actually, now I have to look it up because I don't know if it's actually a full mile. It might be like point something. Um, but it's uh, it's difficult to compare to anything else. Really wide track. Um, pretty well banked, but not like Bristol kind of thing. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really have a whole lot to say about it besides the fact that like guys used to always run the bottom line. You want to dip those, those left rear tires or left tires underneath the, the yellow line as you're kind of like arching into the corner. They started adding PJ1 to the top to make it like a two-lane thing, and then guys started just running the top. Mm. Um, I have no clue what we'll see, but our, you know, again, our short track package has been changed quite a bit. I assume we're running the one that they cut the spoiler off of it, and there's no downforce. It's one of those tracks this week, right? Yeah, it looks like 0.75 miles, 14-inch banking on the turns, and just 8-inch banking on the front stretch. So interesting yeah, little setup here. It's a short track that looks almost like a tri-oval. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I guess Oop. like it's like a little Vegas. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, very small version of Vegas. little Vegas. Nice. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, we'll see what we get. I mean, again, I think like we've only gotten one race so far of the like short track package there at, at uh, Phoenix, and um, I don't think it made a big difference. But it, Phoenix is going to Phoenix. I think Richmond will see maybe a bigger difference. I hope the PJ one has worn off that they don't apply any more. Um, and hopefully we get some, some people at the very bottom, some people around the middle, and you know, some people running a little bit higher um, to try and make it at least a two-lane track. We'll see what happens. Cool. Well, I think that brings us into uh, uh, one of my favorite segments, or definitely my favorite segment these days, which is uh, the Smart and Heart Picks. Let's do a quick recap of where we're at last week. One of our pickers had the perfect picks. That would be me. Um, I picked Tyler Reddick and Kyle Busch, who finished first and second. Wow. Um, that resulted in a negative 1.5 average, which means over the last two uh, races, I've actually had a negative uh, point average, um, which is pretty fucking cool. Um, that brought me up to first place. New guy, you've had a bad string. Oh, my you God. These Blaney last two have been. This is what happens when you pick from South Africa, <laughs> drinking wine, eating pizza for five, oh, five bucks a pop. Get a little fast and loose with the picks. You've averaged basically a 30th place finish in the past two weeks. That's and then brutal. Uh, baby, baby G had uh, Martin Truex and uh, Chris Busher this past week with a 17th and 18th finish. So 12.5, not bad, not both bad. Got, in fact, both it got screwed down over by those late-stage cautions. They were running up their top 10 easy. I was looking good, and then that's true. Ross Chastain decides to just destroy both of my picks. Unreal. Oh, it's on my yeah. shit list. So, um, Why me? Yeah, so 
with my back-to-back winners, like I said, that brings me up to first place. I have an average of 11.83. Um, second place is Baby G with a 14.83. A new guy. You went from first to last real quick, man. Um, your average is now 17.42, which means you get to pick first who you got. Smart pick. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Bush. Got you. Jump right, in on Kevin Harvick. The old four car. I'm going to go with Denny Hamlin. Denny's, is Denny in the top ten? No. I guess it doesn't matter for my smart. Wow. Uh, all right. Well, for my heart pick, I am going to go with yikes, yikes, yikes. Uh, I'm going to go with Martin Truex Jr. Noted. We go Keselowski. The old Kez boy. Um, I'm gonna go with. Well, we have to actually have to look at the points Wait, outside I'm, the top ten. Is our. I want to change. Pick. Can I change? Sure. I'd like to change to Tyler Reddick. Hmm. Nice. Easy. Um. I feel like it makes so much sense to pick. I was gonna say to pick a Chevy, but there really isn't a good one. There's no one. They're all inside the top ten. Um, can I do Denny as my heart pick? Since he's outside the top ten and pick someone inside the top ten that y'all didn't pick. I'll let it slide this time, but next time with sure. tight these picks up. Next next time, actually look at the standings yeah. before I pick. I'll allow it, but watch yourself, <laughs> counselor. We, we right, might well, need a I'm, waiver. Yeah, I'm gonna go with uh, uh, old Willie B. We're gonna go with Willie B. Just really wanted a Chevy. That's all. All right, cool. Well, those are our smart heart picks. We'll see how those result out as uh, the week goes on. B-Boy, can What's you change that? my heart pick to 45, please? Oh, yes. Of course I can. Thank you. You're very generous to me. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of our smart heart picks, which brings us to rapid fire. I've got one that we've got to carry over from last week for a uh, new guy here. We we asked this one last week, and we said we got to bring this one back. It, it was so good. So what make and model of a car would you like to see in NASCAR? This one spurred off of the uh, Camaro news. Uh, Cadillac DeVille. Um, it is just a big boat of a car. And uh, I used to drive one. It was my first car. So, either that or Prius. <laughs> Love it. Formula E on the NASCAR circuit. We're bringing in the Priuses. Little copycat Let's, hold action. Hold on. Before we, before we go any further, did y'all see there was some weird news about something about, like, that NASCAR is considering uh, an electric series? I think I sent it to y'all. Yeah, I, I think know. I saw something about them testing one, and it had, like, 1,500 horsepower or something. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad I didn't dream that. Okay. Well, yeah. We have to look that up and maybe say something about it next week. Yeah. Um, even though it's very unfounded news, I guess, at this point. Uh, my rapid fire is just like, how should we end these races? And and I, I, I meant it more generically, but let's talk about just road courses now that we've made some changes to the stage breaks. How should road courses end, specifically? For me, it's get rid of green-white checkers. I, yeah. I absolutely hated the end of this race. I think at road courses it's really, really painful. I think I think you got to get rid of green white checkered at road courses. There's just I, yeah, too I, much or time like to get around the track. One, yeah, one and done. You get one shot at this. Don't make fools of yourselves. Get through that first turn and race race to the end. Yeah, 
I would say one yeah. green white checkered would be fine. I'm okay with doing one green white checkered. I got no issue with that, but it's when it's just over and over and over. And if we know we're going to wreck it turn one, and we just got to get lucky enough that the wreck is of a type of nature where there isn't debris littered across it, like, no, just do one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I The only other things that I was thinking about how we should end the races is, like, kind of like I had said about the, the super speedways, like, if the caution comes out with, like, less than or, or more than four to go or whatever then you can extend the race to end on a green white checkered but that's your only attempt and so like that's the only way that you would do a green white checkered and the only other thing i could think is like some of these road courses have bad turn ones and that's the majority of the issue for all of the other tracks that uh, road courses that don't really have a bad turn one Watkins Glen Sonoma we don't have issues there like it's not such a big deal. All you need to do is how some somehow make some rule where they can't dive bomb. They can't. They have to go through two by two, whatever that needs to be, or that you just don't restart it going into turn one. For the if you're going to do a green white checker or something like that, you restart it past turn one, like at the next line or something like that. Um, something just to make sure that they don't try and go eight wide while they're so close and they're trying to jump a restart. I also f- thought it was really interesting that we we moved. Or we shortened the the restart zone, and it like killed this race. If they had the normal restart zone, it would have been so much harder to jump and get that like eight wide into turn one. But whatever. You guy rapid fire. Um, let's see. What are some pro tips that y'all would give for spectating a road course race? In person or in person, yes. Bucket of chicken. Hey. Get the best view of the track. Mine would be get those radio scanners, but NASCAR is not giving us that option. So some type of illegal device where you can tap into radio mm. communications, some type of tinfoil hat or something like that. Oh, I I want to clarify. What I meant was they used to have a thing where you could go on NASCAR.com and like see the radio broadcasts and stuff on your phone or on the on the web page or whatever but they still do have the scanner rentals at the track that's right so let's do that definitely okay. get those because <laughs> if you don't have it you're going to see a couple cars driving past you and then it's a couple yeah, minutes no and you've got no clue what's going on so make sure you're locked in you spend the extra money and you you're tapped into what's going on with the race yeah i'm, I'm definitely uh, in favor of at least having mrn on your phone or something and, and some good headphones really good headphones people try and bring like their normal fucking headphones to racetracks and you got to have something that really cups your ears kind of like shooting um like uh headphones i did it at the tone and i couldn't hear shit so rookie yeah, mistake yeah, yeah. my if you got in earbuds maybe it works a little bit but yeah my uh number one having gone to i took a friend to uh the indie road course race and we were hoping i thought that we were going to have a screen that we could see things on and no siri it was really hard to keep track of what was going on Mm -hmm. and yeah it was uh we needed a screen i would also recommend get there a bit early well Mm -hmm. okay two pieces of advice if there's racing going on earlier in that week like if they're supporting series watch highlights of that supporting series to see what corner has the most action and then post up at that corner. Also get there like early enough. And I would say during the first like third of the race, have it set up so that like wait to break out your cooler and stuff, unless you're down to just like chill. If you really do want to explore 
and see some of the variety that the track has to offer. Don't weigh yourself down with a cooler right away so that you can, you know, wander around a bit and see a few different corners. Yeah, backpack cooler it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, you, I think one thing you just mentioned there, and now you're bringing up a lot of good advice, seeing a TV and stuff, is don't pay for a seat. I mean, some road courses have really good seats, but they're going to be very, very, very expensive. If you're not willing to pay that much, go for the cheapest seat possible. Go sit on the grass somewhere. To your point, get there a little bit early and just post up. You're only going to see a corner or two anyway. Enjoy it. Just sit there. It's like going to a ballpark. You know, there's not a lot of action, but you're not there to necessarily see the action the best way possible. So, Cool. Next. Team orders, how common are they in NASCAR? I know it's pretty common in other sports, but just trying to expand my knowledge a little bit, what's the deal with these in NASCAR? Yeah, um, they're, <laughs> they're like uniquely frowned upon, I would say. Um, team orders are very much like a hush-hush, wink-wink kind of thing in NASCAR, where if you don't run as hard as you can at all times and you give a position to a a teammate um technically that is an action that's detrimental to the sport um and they could penalize you for the most part if it's something like i think was it this week or was it a week or two ago or something someone was running down a teammate that was about to go a lap down and so they chose oh it was it was at atlanta uh blaney was going to go a lap down and logano like pushed like pulled himself back and pulled the whole crowd back basically to not lap him you know you're not going to get in trouble for that but intentionally spinning yourself um, bringing out a caution in any kind of way to help a teammate um, they're gonna look pretty pretty strongly into that and if there's any radio communication that told you to spin out in any kind of way yeah you're going down um, big big penalty so yeah I is it like if it's you and your teammate is behind you are you allowed to let your teammate pass it, it technically like it, again, it's so it's so it, up to the discretion of NASCAR. As long as you're not slowing down like a bunch of other people or you're causing a wreck, it's probably going to be okay. Um, yeah. You know, I think everyone knows that they can give their teammates a little bit of a break. It's pretty normal. Um, if you're if you have a five second lead on second place and you're just going to slow it up coming off turn four and let your you know, oh, teammate yeah. get by you to whole get, story. <laughs> on, before a stage and yeah, nobody's going to care, right? So yeah, um, yeah, it, it, it's it's hard. Uh, like. The other thing that I wanted to mention too on this this question is like team orders. There are kind of like like manufacturer orders, right? The Chevys are are at, supposed to act like friends when they're on super speedways and stuff. So there's some of that, but it's that's working together. As long as you're working together, that's no issue. It's it's team orders that are detrimental to your own race or to the racing of others right. to help out a teammate is what gets frowned upon. So that makes sense. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. So mine. Now I took it down. Uh, what kind of, uh, what kind of an in-season competition tournament or bounty could be added to NASCAR to make it more interesting? Mm. I think about this. I, I was just, you know, uh, soccer and uh, European league. You know, we've got a lot of mid-season tournaments, uh, U.S. Open Cup, different different things. NBA has been talking about adding one for like years now. Um, yeah, what? What could make the middle of the season as dramatic as the end of the season, or at least close? Throw these guys in some go karts and let's go old school. I mean, most yeah, of these guys that, start starting go karts yeah. as kids now, races. so let's do some type of exhibition stuff. If yeah. I don't think it would be mandatory, but let's do some opt ins. Like, oh, 
some of these guys are going and doing go-karts midweek. Let's let's throw them out there and put that on TV for me and see how a pro drives a go-kart around. That could be cool. Kind of just like an all-star weekend type add-on bonus thing would be mm-hmm. awesome. Make them play flag football. Yeah, uh. I, I definitely was, I was thinking of like, I think when I first thought of this, the first thing that popped in my head was like, could you do like a summer swing series where like for six races, those points of those races were like counted in, in some extreme way, like top fives were worth extra bonus points, 10 points, whatever. It didn't affect your regular season standings at all. It was just for those like six or eight races, the summer swing. Yeah. But there would be an award, a trophy and, and stuff for, for finishing in first. And um, I thought that would be cool. Like it's, it's like a very small add on kind of thing. Get some new um, sponsor like, in there and then have a little cash bonus pool or something. Yeah, yeah, I thought it would be pretty cool. Um, you know, throw an exhibition race in there if you want to. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's thought. I think that'd be fun. Um, all right. Here we go with my second and final rapid fire. How would you feel about so we're talking about these issues with uh yellow flags and whatnot. How would you feel about on road courses, NASCAR implementing sections? And sectors and just throwing a yellow flag in sectors rather than full course cautions. So they do that technically. Like they they don't do it like F1 does it. F1 does it in a very technical manner and there's a lot more control over the cars and like what you can see of the telemetry of the cars. I guess you can see that in NASCAR, so maybe they could implement this. But what NASCAR does is they just got guys out there with flags, right? They start waving the flag to tell you, hey, something's going on ahead. But as long as there's no debris and as long as all the cars can drive away, they won't throw a full full course caution for that. You know, Guys wreck all the time and, and happened multiple times this weekend. They didn't call, call throw a full full caution for them. So. so I guess what you're saying is it already exists. Just uh, Sort of. Definitely not to the same extent. And, and to your point, I mean, I hadn't really thought about this. I think it's worth them potentially looking into trying to do this better like to learn some learn some of the things that you get from imsa and from f1 and these other sports that do it in a much better fashion so i think it'd be the path to what we were talking about of like people being able to run out and clear the clear the track because you do see that in f1 yeah virtual safety you really do need to have the mechanisms and the operations in place to uh really formally be like okay right now it's safe but you got to get out of there in 30 seconds yeah i mean what if what if it was just basically like you know uh we throw the virtual safety car and then you have to go the pit lane speed and your speed is is you can't you can't you know you still have the sections on the track they still have these like parts of the track where they monitor you know who, who passed the line first or whatever so with those segments just calculate how long it took a person to go through segments if they speed through two of them in a row then they need to get penalized. Um, like, like, just make it a little bit less stringent than like pit lane penalties, but uh, otherwise, just make them slow down a little bit. Get someone out there. I like that. I've got another one, but I think I'm going to save it for next week. That was a pretty good one to end us on there. So I'm going to put a rapid fire in the bank here for next week. Ooh, smart investing in the future. I love to see it. Baby. <laughs> I love to see it. Rapid fire in the bank. <laughs> 
All right, well, I think that brings us to our favorite segment. Baby G, sing it for us. New guy, read the standings. I fumbled through them last week, so let's get back on track hey. here. <laughs> All right, well, coming in, in at the first part. place, we've got Alex Bowman in the 48 with 226 points. After him is Ross Chastain with 211 points, followed by William Byron, Kyle Busch, Joey Logano, then Kevin Harvick in sixth place uh, with 186 points. Christopher Bell in 7th, followed by Ryan Blaney, Kyle Larson, Austin Sindrick in 10th with 166 points. That is 60 points behind the leader for uh, those of you who don't remember the numbers or can't do math. Uh, Martin Truex Jr. in 11th, followed by Brad Keselowski, Tyler Reddick, Denny Hamlin, Ricky, the handsome Rick man, Stenhouse Jr. in 15th with 159 points. And then rounding out the top 16, Chris Buescher with 157 points. Um, not a whole lot for me to call out this time. Uh, Tyler Reddick now kind of solidly in the top 16, Bubba dropping out of the uh, top 16. And uh, all of our winners are inside the top 16, so that's pretty good. Uh, always always appreciate that. I appreciate when the guys can both point and win their way in. Um, the one thing that I think is worth calling out is where Alex Bowman would be with the 100-point penalty. He would have 126 points, which would still be good enough for 19th. Um, and, and only a, what, 21 points out of a uh, playoff position? Or actually, no, he would only be like 13 points out of a playoff position. He'd be 17th because other people would have dropped out too. That's Dude's insane. It. Yeah. Yeah. He's, uh, I mean, for all the talk, you know, the Hendrick drivers are probably the most scrutinized. It's, it's, it's like being on the Lakers or something. Um, you know, there's always one guy that they're like, well, that guy's got to go. Man, but Byron's gotten it shoots out of the cannon here bowman's gotten it he's first in points larson is a former champion elliot's hurt but former champion i mean is there a weak link at hendrick right now or i mean no it's monster. the best team with potentially the best drivers like it's crazy beast beastly lineup there only call it for me you got four chevys up one two three four so we kind of expected Ooh. the chevys to have a really good season and it's uh so far that's kind of the case also, a nice thing of NASCAR to reshuffle these standings before we re- record the episode. So, way to get those. We don't have to do a second recording of the standings this week. Well done, NASCAR. I think it might Much just appreciated. be. Much appreciated. It's because we're recording a day late, but hey, we'll take it. Day late, dollar gained, as uh, they say. Thank you, um, NASCAR. We're really planning ahead. All right. Well, uh, we have been the Big One Podcast. Uh, again, at Podcast Big One, or you can email at us at podcastbigone at gmail.com. I've been New Guy. This has been Me Boy. This has also been Baby G. Bye-bye. See you all next week.